0: Welcome High Point Church, so glad to be here with you today. My name's Jason Hubbard, I'm on the leadership team here at High Point, and I'm excited for this new series we're starting. Today, the new series we're starting is going to look at, it's going to be four weeks, it's going to look at four different encounters that Jesus has with four different people. So over these next four weeks, we want to focus in on how Jesus interacted and encountered with these specific people, and ask God, what does this say to, for me? How do I apply this to my life? And how should I now live because of the way Jesus interacts with people? All right. If like me, you grew up in church, going to Sunday school, I, I was in Awanas, had the Awana jacket, getting the badges and you know all of that. If that was you, like me, in Sunday school, whenever they ask a question, it's always one of two answers. It's either Jesus or love. I mean, you got it. If they ask a question, Jesus or love. Now let's, let's try this. Okay. What does Jesus want you to do for others? Now, Jesus was in there. This is a giveaway. Love, love others. It's easy, right? Okay. Who gives you the ability to overcome difficult things? What's the answer? Jesus, of course. Okay. Here we go. This one might be a little harder. What do we need most in our lives? All right, trick question. It's both. Jesus and love. Exactly. It's easy. You're like the star student. And then here's a, here's, here's a pro tip for the kids out there. If you just throw in every once in a while the golden rule, occasionally throw in the golden rule, you know, love others as Jesus has loved you or do unto others as you would want them to do to you. Boom, you are like peaking. Star student. All right, but the, here's the reality. Following Jesus is shockingly simple. That, that is really it. It is the golden rule. It is loving others. It's drawing close to Jesus, allowing him to, to consume you and to move in, in your life. It's, it is simple. We're called to follow God. We're, we're called to... to be transformed by his love, and then go share that with other people around us. Matthew records these words as Jesus starts his, his kind of, at, at 30, his, his earthly ministry, his three years of ministry. He records these words as he, he, he approaches both Peter and Andrew. And he says, it says this, Matthew four nineteen, Jesus called out to them, come, follow me, And I will show you how to fish for people. Right there, we see what we just discussed. Jesus calls their names and says, follow me. He's saying, come, draw near to me. Come and be with me. Learn how I do things. Listen to what I say. You know, be transformed by my presence, by being with me. Come and follow me. And as a result of that, as a result of spending time with me, as a result of that transformation, I'm going to teach you how to share this with others, how to, how to touch others around you. It is simple, but often we struggle to do this. We struggle to draw near to, to, to Christ. We struggle to allow him into those deep areas of our, of our hearts and of our being and allow him to transform that so that we become more like him. So that when we go out from our normal everyday living, we love more like him and we care more like him and we become the hands and feet of Jesus. We struggle with this. And maybe we struggle to obey because we have a hard time believing that God's best is really best for us. I don't know about you, um, but there's been too many times in my life where I've doubted or delayed or dismissed what God was saying to me, uh, it, the, the, the prompting he was putting in my spirit and in my heart to to go and engage or, or serve or help somebody. I've got one that I've, I've told before, I think it's been a few years, so I'm going to repeat it, um, I went on a mission trip to Ireland for six weeks, right out of college. I was in my 20s. And then afterwards, I was traveling in Europe. So I'm right off this, you know, kind of spiritual high, traveling in Europe. I'm on a train. And I, I see this man who, who, to me, seemed like he was in great need. And I felt that prompting of the Holy Spirit to go and to talk to him and to ask him how I could pray for him. And so I'm on this train. It's packed. There's people everywhere and I'm freaking out, honestly. And I, I start questioning, God, that's not you. What are you no, that can't be God. And it, again, no, you know, I, I I'm too scared or what I just my mind was started racing. I started sweating. I'm I'm you know, this is this is it. And when, when that kind of thing happens, you know it's God. But I delayed. I turn around. I build up this courage, you know, to maybe—I I don't know—I hope that I would have, but maybe go and engage this person and just simply say, "Can I pray for you? Is there something I can pray for you for?" I don't know if he even speaks the same language, if he understands English. I didn't speak the language of the country I was in, so I turn around, the guy is gone. Yeah, I delayed and I lost my opportunity. Now. I prayed right there, God, send somebody else who is more courageous, who will immediately obey your word, your prompting, what, what's happening in their spirit. But that was, that was a moment that was kind of those watershed moments. It's a significant moment in my life where I realized it's so easy to obey, but it's also so easy to delay and miss what God wants to invite you into. He's inviting us into what he's doing around us. That could have been an amazing moment um, where I had the opportunity to join God in praying for somebody in helping somebody and sharing his love with somebody. Um, so it's so easy to miss it because sometimes we don't fully believe what God is prompting us or his overall plan for us is his best for us. Another struggle is that we share, we have trouble sharing Jesus with other people. Now, why, why is that? Often, it's because we haven't fully invited Jesus into our lives. We haven't fully said, Christ, I am yours, and no matter what is happening around me, no matter what is going on in my life, I trust you, and I'm going to follow you, and it it is your will, not my will. We haven't fully surrendered. We haven't made him, you may have heard this before, the Lord of our lives, and if that's you, I, I want you, want to invite you to do that today. Just in your heart, where you're sitting. Maybe you're, you're listening to a podcast or you're sitting on your couch. Um, take a moment and just say, God, I think I want that. I want to fully follow you. And if that's something you've been struggling with, you've, you've said this many times. You know, I, I know I've said it many times. Um, you can recommit right now. Say, God, I've been struggling to, to obey you. I've been struggling to share you with other people. And today I'm committing to, to look for where you're moving and, and move into other people's lives and help them. Another thing that I know I often struggle with is I struggle to embrace and receive fully the love that God has for me. that That he... You, I, I don't know if it. it I, I think it is beyond our comprehension, all that Christ has done. But sometimes I, I, I forget that I am loved by God, that he sacrificed everything for me, and he continues to be involved and intimately moving in my life. When, when we understand this, when we give that over, it makes it so much easier to love those around us. 1 John 4.9 says this. This is how God's love was revealed among us. God sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. And, and then it says that love consists in this. Not that we loved God. Now that's, that's what most religions tell, tell us to do. That's, that's what... We think in Sunday school that we need to love God more. This scripture says not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his one and only son as an atoning sacrifice for us. It's not how much we love God, how much we can work up this religious feeling of love for God. It's a recognition of what God has done for us. And then our natural response is to then love God and to love others. Goes on to say, beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. There it is. If God loved us, we also now ought to love one another. It's so simple, isn't it? This is not complicated. It's so simple that sometimes we just miss it completely. Pastor Andy, last week during Vision Sunday, Talk to us about our foundations in Christ and a lot of times when we think of foundations in Christ it's you know it's theological or it's these certain beliefs that we have. but the way he talked about it was was in the context of Ephesians 3 where it talks about being rooted and established in god's love. I love that 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 is really the beginning that is really our foundation. Everything else is built on that that we are rooted. And I get this picture of this massive tree and the roots going down deep into the ground, spreading out, rooted into exploring the depths of God's love. And then it, it's, it goes on to say, rooted and established. Establish is set, that you're not moving. It, it, you know, the, the, no matter what comes, you are there. You're established and rooted in God's love. He went on to say, One of my phrases I wrote down as I was taking notes, and I encourage you to do the same. um, As, you know, a lot of times I think when we listen online, we're not quite as engaged in in taking notes, but pull out your phone, take notes. Um, One of the things I wrote down was, he said, foundational work is hard work, but it is work worth doing. I like that. You know, foundations are not, you know, flashy, you know, you don't look at this incredible building um, that just went up and think, man, that foundation, whoo, that is really nice. No, you barely, you barely see the foundation. You look at the whole building that's gone up. Um, the foundation, though, is the hardest part to get right and the hardest part to, to make sure is, is, is solid. And when it's not, everything else crumbles. It's work worth doing. With the start of this new year, what if we discover afresh the teachings of Jesus and the life of Jesus in the, as looking at these encounters with, these, with Jesus and these, these four people? What if we allow, as we're talking about, that foundation of being rooted and established in God's love to go deep and to, to be renewed if needed? Um, I, know, I know that's something over and over and over and over again in my life, I'm constantly asking God, teach me um, you know, help me understand the depths and the the, the the width and the power of your love and goodness so that I could share that with other people. That's our, our heart for you. that's our, our heart for us um, during this series, is that we would know how wide, how deep and and the the lengths of God's love, of his goodness for us, that we would maybe grasp a greater understanding of what it means to be a follower, a disciple of Christ. And that we would, as a result of that, that we would take intentional steps of engaging those who don't know God. That We take intentional steps of serving our neighbors, of, of whatever, that, that, Prompting that God gives us. We are hoping that we will open ourselves up as a community to the prompting of God and be those who obey quickly, who hear God's voice to send a text of encouragement, to take something to a neighbor, to ask a neighbor or a co worker, How can I pray for you? What's going on in your life? Just go a little deeper, you know? Show the love and goodness and care of God and compassion of God for th- with those around us. That's our hope. In this first encounter that we're gonna look at today, um, it's an encounter with a man who is deeply disturbed. And for this reason, we often miss the significant um, message in this and, and application for us because it seems... This encounter seems foreign and um, we don't fully understand what's happening. But what happens is that Jesus completely transforms and restores this man. And it is miraculous and it is incredible. And the circumstances around it are a little wild. Um, But if we'll hone in on what is going on between Jesus and this man, I think we'll see Um, some real neat applications for us. Jesus engages with this person who everybody else was scared to engage with. This man was in desperate need of an encounter with Jesus. Let's look at Mark 5.5. It says, They went across the lake to the region. This is Jesus and his disciples of Gerasene. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not not even with chains. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons from his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills He would cry out and cut himself with stones. You can see this man is just tortured internally that these evil spirits are causing him to, you know, just be out of his mind. These miserable conditions that this poor man was in because he is tormented by the the unclean spirit were were terrible. And everybody around had disowned him, had you know, had given up on him, but not Jesus. I believe in the context of this, we we could, it's not a, a stretch to believe that Jesus specifically got in that boat and went across that lake specifically to encounter this man, that he knew he was over there and that he was going because of compassion and love to set him free. Verse six says, when he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. So here we see the impure spirit talking, in a sense, recognizing that. Jesus is the Son of God, that He has power over, over the, all realms, and He's begging Him not to torture Him. And he's in, in Jesus, what Jesus does, even with the showing compassion almost on an impure spirit, is he allows this impure spirit to leave this man, but he calls him out. Now, these impure spirits go into the pigs and the pigs run off the cliff and you probably um, have heard this story. But that I feel like it can, can distract from the important things here is that Jesus in a profound way set this man free. And he was immediately, miraculously put back into his right mind. Now, the people who were there and saw this were amazed. And they went off to go and tell the townspeople what had happened, and they all came back. I assume this would have taken an hour or so to to journey to the nearest town, to tell everybody, and then to journey back. And when they come back, they find this man and Jesus hanging out by by the Sea of Galilee, talking and interacting. I love this picture. That Jesus comes over, sets this man free, and then takes an interest in him and and is sharing with him and talking with him. And it goes on to say right after that, um, in verse 18, it says, as Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Of course he did. This man was just set free and he found his new best friend. I mean... They're hanging out on the side, talking about life and what it means to, to live for God. How cool is that? But in this case, Jesus did this. Jesus said, Jesus did not let him come into the boat. And he told him this in verse 19, go home to your, your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So he's got this encounter. And now he tells him to go. So the man went away and began to tell in Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. Now, this man is now in his right mind. Of course, he wants to go to Jesus, with Jesus. But Jesus says, no, go into Decapolis, which is the 10 cities in this region, which is the Jordan kind of Syria region. Um, that was Roman occupied and Gentiles. So this man was probably a Gentile. Jesus intentionally engaged this man who is a Gentile and sent him out into these 10 cities where later the gospel would go forth and churches would be planted. How cool is that? God had a plan for this man. God had compassion and love, set him free and had a good plan for his life. Now, in his response, do you think this, his response was strange, the man's, to go and, into this whole region, massive region, and just start sharing what Jesus had done? In this case, probably no. We don't think that that's a strange response because it is so dramatic how he was set free. It it, it just is mind blowing. And we're like, yeah, we we think that also with the Apostle Paul, like his experience and how God transformed his life. Yeah, of course, he's going to go on these big missionary journeys and plant all these churches. But what about us? What should our response be? Should it be any different? For those of us who have embraced the love of God, who have understood what Jesus has done for us and stepped into, drawn near to God and stepped into a relationship with him. Is our miracle any less? The miracle of God setting us free, redeeming us, removing, the scripture says, our sin as far as the East is from the West. Is that any less of a miracle than what he did for this man? I would say no. And our response should be the same. Our response should be to draw near to God. And our response should be to share with those around us, especially those who are most important. That's our hope for us as we look at these encounters with Jesus is that it would cause us to desire even more to draw near to Jesus because he is good and he is loving and his ways are better than our ways. And then secondly, is that we would be filled with his spirit of joy and love and compassion. And it would cause us to move outside of our our safe environment and touch the people's lives around us and tell them about what Jesus has done. In closing, I want to, read and pray this scripture over us. It's Ephesians 3, 17 through 19. And when I do that, if you're near somebody, um, would you reach over and grab their hand or touch them on the shoulder or just make some physical contact? And you can, in, in essence, pray this over them with me. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Amen. As we go into... A week um, of prayer and fasting and devotion to God. I pray that you would allow the Spirit of God to fill you and that you would be rooted and established in His love. Have a great week. God bless you.